What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm, courtesy of the Sawdust Podcast Network. What's up, Adam? Sweating bullets here uh, on your uh, on your basketball props here. You 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 were all in on the Bucks, weren't you? All in on the Bucks. No, I was not. I was actually looking at some props for Giannis and Tedekupo because I usually don't play them. They're very high, but he's had three consecutive triple doubles. And I was looking at it. I'm like, he's probably going to have a big game. Philadelphia, they're playing in Philly. Philly was coming off a really tough game against the Knicks on Tuesday night. Joel Embiid is out. Bucks have been rolling. And I was like, you know what? Nah, these numbers are kind of high. I think it was like 12 and a half rebounds was the prop. The points was 29 and a half. Well, sometimes your intuition tells you you're correct because uh, at halftime, the Milwaukee Bucks have 31 points. They are shooting 25% from the field. They are one of 17 from three-point range. And Giannis has four points, two rebounds, two assists in 18 minutes. It has only taken four shots from the field. Has turned it over four times. So just an absolutely uh, brutal performance by the Bucs in the first half. So, uh, you know, sometimes you your gut tells you, yeah, nah, stay away. And, uh I mean, he can still go over it. He's that good. But uh, that's not the start you want to see if you have any props on the Bucks. No, not at all. I mean, you're watching the game, I'm assuming. I mean, is the, the team just sluggish? They just, they're just they just not hitting shots? Like, how do you end up, I mean, with, with such a potential smash matchup that you know there's no Embiid? Well, it's not a smash. Philly is very good defensively, but they're not the same without Embiid. Like, that's not, you mm-hmm. know... They they gave up 96 to the Knicks, but the Knicks are not a, a high-paced, explosive team. They held the Spurs to 99 recently. Uh, they held the Wizards to 101. Oh, damn, they have been really good defensively. Well, the Jazz. I mean, you know, the Jazz, right? The Bucks should be in that class. They played the Jazz recently and won 131-123. That was the type of game you probably expected to see tonight. And Milwaukee just – they can't hit shots. They're just missing everything. So, um you know, just one of those games. I mean, I look, I have not been as high on Milwaukee as everyone else. Uh, I just, they did make a trade today. It wasn't anything significant. You know, P.J. Tucker will help. Look, they, to me, have not proven they can beat really top-tier teams yet. They had a win against the Clippers recently where they won 105-100. The Clippers didn't score in the final four minutes. Um, but you look at the games that they've won, they're on this nice win streak, right? They beat the Wizards twice. They're not, they're under 500. They've been playing better, but they're not a good team. They beat the, they pummeled the Knicks. Look, the Knicks have been playing very competitive, but okay, you're not like, oh, wow, they they beat the Knicks. That's it. Put them in the championship contender. They beat the Grizzlies by one. They lost to Denver by 31. Um, I don't know what happened there. Um, again, they beat the Clippers by five, beat the Pelicans by four, the Timberwolves, the King. These are not impressive wins. These are not good teams. They played the Jazz a few weeks back. They lost. They played the Suns a few weeks back. Lost. They've lost to the Nuggets twice. Like those are top teams in the West. So I'm wow. Yeah, I'm looking. I, I just there haven't been impressive wins for them. I mean, it's really the Clippers. I I, I kind of want to look up their record and see what it is against good teams. Because to me, they haven't really shown the ability to beat these good teams. And um, they're getting smoked by Philly. It's only the first half. They could come back, but that's been my issue with them. I think people are starting to like, oh, the Bucks are coming on strong. They're playing well because I think it's nine and one in their last 10. But again, the only win that was impressive was the Clippers. And the Clippers did not score for the final four or five minutes, only scored 100 points. 
and they do that sometimes, but like these are all bad teams they've beaten. I think all these teams are under 500 that they've beaten except the Clippers. Are the Grizzlies over 500? They're 500 going into tonight. So, yeah, they just haven't beaten good teams. I think they're good, but I still don't see them coming out of the East. I still think Brooklyn and Philly are better. Okay. All right. So, you know, Giannis uh, isn't going isn't gonna to lead this team to the championship is what you're telling me. Need more help. All right. I'm fine with that. I'm just curious, you know, when you sit there and you sit, you know, and, and you and you watch something like that. I mean, it's it's not like Philly's like, you know, going crazy anyway. It's 45 31 yeah. at the half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have they haven't done well either. Yeah. Is Ben Simmons playing? Yes. That was another prop that I was looking at. I got burned on him the other night because of a blowout. I had over uh I think it was over 18 and a half points, and he had 14 points in 26 minutes. Um but yeah, well, let me see. Oh, he's got six assists and four points. I was, I think the assist prop was seven and a half, and I considered it, but backed away. So, uh, yeah. But you know, for him to have four points, I mean, he's taking eight shots from the field. I, I did think his scoring would go up with him beat out, and it it kind of hasn't yet. He had forty two against the Jazz the last time and beat set out before this injury. I was like, okay, but the last few games, he had sixteen against the Knicks. 14 against the Spurs. That was the night I had him in 26 minutes. And then 17 in 42 minutes against Utah. But was Embiid in that game? Yeah, I think he did play that game. I think that's the game he might have gotten hurt. Or, yeah. So, but either way, I mean, the guy hasn't scored 20 points in the last four games. And that was one of the things where he said he was going to be more aggressive and that he can score. I mean, obviously, Embiid takes the bulk of the shots on that team. So, yeah, the fact that he hasn't scored 20 yet with Embiid out is kind of disappointing. Okay. All right. Well, I got nothing really to add to that. It's okay. a shame, but I'm glad that you weren't. <laughs> I'm glad that you weren't on it. That you uh, you went with your gut and that you uh, and that you avoided playing the uh, the the props. That makes it uh, makes it easier. Makes it better for everybody who's uh, who's subscribing to your work over at wageralarm.com. So, um, all right, I'll push that aside. Before we go any further here, I'm gonna give a nice early shout out. Uh, to Monkey Knife Fight, our sponsor. Uh, if you guys are playing the NCAA tournament, if uh, you want to look looking for some good contests, just to double and triple your uh, your money, Monkey Knife Fight is uh, is locked and loaded uh, with uh, one of the play-in games. Uh, I think it's the uh, the Michigan State play-in game for the NCAA tournament. Uh, so by the time you're hearing this, you'll uh, you'll know that these are available. Uh, Dan Servadidio did some uh, some nice write ups over there, so help you win a win some money over at Monkey Knife Fight, the DFS site that you should be playing on. And here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. 
You know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Play Play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. So Adam, hater of Yankees, lover of Mets. I had an opportunity to talk to the president of operations, Sandy Alderson, today uh, on the Fantasy Alarm Show. It wasn't as riveting as the... um, as getting the Bobby Witt news out of Dayton Moore from Kansas City yesterday. But i tell you, Sandy said some very interesting things. One of the first questions I asked him was, you know, we, we all saw uh, Luis Guillorme's at-bat against um, Jordan Hicks, that 22-pitch, 12-minute extravaganza that was just, uh, you know, money in the bank as far as at-bats go. But I said to him, I said, you know, with with plate, you know, with some plate discipline, uh, you know, he might not have a whole lot of pop, but uh, can the fact that his glove is so superior push him into, uh, you know, more playing time over at third base as opposed to J.D. Davis? Um, is that something that, that we could be looking at at some point? And uh, and the first word out of his mouth was absolutely. Here's yeah. your boy JD Davis, dude. Can't play defense. Sandy hates his defense. Yeah. No, I mean, that's obviously a problem. And especially with center field not being strong either. Uh, it's something that and Dominic Smith, if he has to play left field, I mean, the defense is not great. I mean, not having the universal DH hurts the Mets. It really does, because they could if they had it, they'd be able to put Dom Smith as the DH. I mean, that guy can rake, man. I mean, he had a bomb to center field on uh Tuesday. And uh, he's he's a really good hitter, but they they do get hurt for defense. I mean, he'll be when they have the lead late, he'll be coming out. They'll bring it in Pilar or Almora. So, uh, and probably the same thing with JD Davis too. You know, if they have the lead late, he'll be coming out. So, uh, that is the one problem for the Mets is definitely uh, their defense. Uh, they definitely upgraded with Lindor at short, McCann behind the plate, but um, Nemo in center field not great, Davis not great at third, and Smith not great in left. So defensively, your team sucks, is what you're saying. Doesn't suck, but it's not great. Sounds like you want to say that it sucks. No, I I mean, say it if you want, dude. Again, no, they're they're they still have other guys that can play at other positions. So Dominic Smith day to day with a little wrist issue over there. Um, Something you got to pay attention to. Um, I don't know. Sandy didn't sound too. overwrought by the situation but obviously they're also waiting for new tests uh carrasco uh closer than he is further away from coming back it doesn't sound like he's going to uh miss opening day that's uh kind of what i pulled from there uh and he's very excited about noah Syndergaard. uh the progress has been fantastic he said and uh and he he likes him for uh for june Okay, that's good to hear. I'll take that. You know, two months, not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
Yeah, then they'll have you know it'll be a, it'll probably be rough early on for him. They'll take it easy with him, but just getting him back would be a big addition. And you know, you have to hope the other guys can stay healthy. But again, they have the makings of a really good pitching staff, especially if Syndergaard could come back and just be competent. So I don't even need him to be dominant. There were obviously high expectations for him. Just need him to be solid. Yeah, I would just listen. Any you know to to have somebody of Syndergaard's caliber. Coming back, I mean, listen, you know, if he comes back in June, that's great. You know, that's fine. Uh, July and August and September, you know, I mean, that's plenty of time for him to uh, really kind of work it out, you know, work out the the command. You know, that's always the the biggest thing that they say, um, guys coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, the velocity always comes back first. It's the command and control uh, that they, you know, end up struggling with. So. Uh, I mean, it definitely sounds like, I mean, for the second half of the season, Stash and Syndergaard sounds like something you you, you definitely want to do. I think it depends on the context of the league, because the the problem with it is, even if you have have like seven bench spots, right, and you get a couple of injuries in the first couple of weeks, and you don't have IR spots, it's tough. You get to a point where you're like, man, am I going to be able to hold them? So... I think it really could, like, if you're in a league like Tout with unlimited IR spots, yeah, definitely, because you could take him late. I don't even remember where he went. It wasn't me. And once the first waiver wire period opens up, you put him on the injured list, pick someone else up, and you're fine there. Um, but if your league doesn't have or you have a short bench, it's really tough to hold on, and there could always be a setback. Yeah, there can definitely be a setback. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's it depends on how, you know, whether or not you're able to do it, how deep your bench is, whether you can stash them or not. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you're playing in a league that has four bench spots and no IL, no, then, then you, you can't. Uh, you can't afford to do that. But if you're playing in uh, something like Tout, yes, definitely. Um, I did my draft for um, what you call it the uh, the Raz Slam, uh, and I ended up doing that. I took Syndergaard. When did I take him? So you know it's best ball. I took him in the twenty eighth round. Twenty eighth out of forty two. Okay, yeah, that's that's probably fine because it's like right at the end of what a normal draft is. Normal drafts are 28, 29 rounds. Right. You now it is kind of best ball. You have only two fat periods. So if you get other pitchers that are hurt, that's where it could, it'll hurt you. He is my only hurt pitcher for now, bro. Guys are getting hurt every day. Dude, not my guys. Who are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Dude, my guys are all healthy. Let's see. Mookie Betts, healthy. Pitchers, um, pitchers. We don't need to oh, worry about the pitchers. hitters. Clayton Kershaw, healthy. Josh Hader, healthy. Kirby Yates, healthy. Yeah. Jesus Lizardo, healthy. Zach Wheeler, healthy. Ian Anderson, guess what? He's got some health. Brady Singer, healthy. Kwang Hyun Kim, a little bit Hang of a up. backache, yes. but not, not, not expected to miss much time there. If any at all. Archie Bradley, healthy. Rafael Montero, healthy. Joaquim Soria, yep, you got it, healthy. Logan Gilbert, Mackenzie Gore, Stefan Crichton, Mark Melanson, Shane McClanahan, 
Jimmy Nelson, Logan Allen. You know what they all have in common? Healthy. I'm going to rule this school here, buddy. <laughs> I am going to crush it. Come on. You know it. You know I'm going to. Just yeah. admit it, Adam. No please. Doubt. Yeah, I'm not, in out loud. I'm not into wrestling. So you right. Can... I know. See, it, I know it pains you to have to say something nice about one of my teams. But for crying out loud, dude. Come on. Come on. Nothing. Nothing for you. Crickets. It's Still early, bro. You'll be, you know. No, I don't know. Tell me. Tell me what it's like. Tell me what it's like to play fantasy baseball. I don't remember. I'm saying this is best ball, bro. You can't go to the wave wire and replace every injury guy. I'm saying if you get multiple pitching injuries and then you have Syndergaard, that's where it could become a problem. Yeah, that's all I'm I, saying. I hear you. And I just, I, I, I don't particularly care for your attitude right now, young man. How about all that? All right. You're going to have to deal with it. It's the harsh realities of life, bro. I really, you know, do I have to deal with it? Like, that's oh, yeah. an interesting question. Well, do you I do, but I mean, you you could end this in the next few minutes and then you have to deal with it less. So, you know, right. we're not on a time restriction <laughs> here or anything. So, yeah, we can end it pretty quickly. Oh, look at the time. That's yeah, all oh, it's getting late. I got dinner. I got a show to do. Hoops are on TV. Oh, the Nets are within three now coming back. Oh, there it is. Dinner and a show. You had me at dinner and a show. Well, not the show that you would prefer. Radio show. On Series 6M tonight. <laughs> That's what I got. Yeah. yeah. So, I got to change the rundown. Less football. Oh, my God. Is Fenty hit hammering you with the football? No, but we did some. Well, actually, last week he was like, oh, let's do it. I said, no, we're not. He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, this was last week. I'm like, no, we're not doing it. He's like, oh, okay, I'll go with what you say. I'm like, yeah. Um, but we have, we have Ryan Hallam coming on to talk some free agency. But to me, that should be the only segment tonight. We got live basketball action tonight, even though almost every game will be over by the time we are for the latest game tonight is 930 p.m. Eastern. We're on at midnight. So pretty much maybe it's near the end because, um, you know, if there's live action, on, we'll go over it, give out live odds and what to do. But still, there's 10 games tonight. There's a lot to talk about. So I think it should be. First two segments, NBA, and then we could talk NFL free agency with Ryan. See, this is what happens when you get beaten down by Sirius XM for so many years. Like, that's... Yeah, exactly. You know, and I've told Fenstie this. I'm like, dude, stay in your wheelhouse. Like, right? how many people are doing basketball on the channel right now? None. Right? So, and you got two guys who love the NBA. Let us talk about it. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. No doubt about it. And you know what I mean? It kind of works in your favor also because... Free agency technically opened at, at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, and it was all garbage. Well, it was actually, shit. There, it was actually a pretty big signing right before we came on. I don't know if you saw it. Uh-oh. Curtis was Samuel to Washington. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's the biggest. Curtis Samuel is the biggest news. Well, no, I, I think I love what Washington is doing. I hate it as a Cowboys fan. They signed Willie Jackson, too, a top uh -huh. corner, when we know they have a good front seven. Uh, but it sucks because I really like what they're doing, and it uh, sucks. But anyway, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like I like it. I think it's a it's a good move. But I mean, really, that's Curtis Samuel. That's that's our that's our biggest news for free agency right now, right? Uh, Gerald Everett goes yeah, to, to the Seahawks. You know, fucking AJ Green, that piece of crap. How does he go to the freaking car? How does AJ Green get eight million dollars, dude? That blows me away. And, like, really, 
You just let Larry Fitzgerald retire right off into the sunset, whatever the case may be. Why do you replace him with somebody just as old and more broken? He played all, every game last year. Big fucking deal. What did he do? He actually was not as – he wasn't great for fantasy. Um, I, I think, though, in real life, it's it's not bad. I mean, fantasy, it's not going to move the needle much. But uh, from a real-life perspective, I'm okay with it. Again, it's not a big deal, but – let me, pull up, let me pull up good old A.J. Green's numbers. Oh, God. Oh, I pulled up the cornerback who probably has better fucking numbers than A.J. Green. Yeah, all right. So, so yeah, 523 yards, two touchdowns, right? They had, a, they, had a, yeah. they had a brutal quarterback, and he had two receivers who were better than him. Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are better at this point. He saw 104 targets. Who was the quarterback? After Burrow went down. Oh, I don't even know who it was. Yeah. I don't even remember. Who was yeah, it? it was bad quarterback. Was it Achilles Smith? No, close. No, look, I'm not defending him. I was complete, We were both completely off him. We took the under props last year. I'm saying from an NFL perspective, it's not a bad signing. Because they're, uh, he's not expected to do much at all. They got Hopkins, Kirk, and other guys, and they run a lot of four wide receiver sets. He's going to get less attention. I know he's going to get less attention. You're bringing in some cantankerous little bitch like A.J. Green who just sits there and whines and cries that he's being mistreated, and you're going to bring him in there now? Uh, I'm sorry. If you played for the Bengals all your life, you'd whine and cry too. Yeah, but he didn't play for the last three years. He He, played last last year. He played 16 games last year. Yeah, and then we saw what he could do in, in, in 16 games. You can blame it on the quarterback all you want. but I mean, He's 32 years old. How many receivers perform well at that age, especially big receivers like him? They just don't. Very few do. Yeah, I hate the pick. I hate the signing. I don't like it. And I think anybody who drafts A.J. Green in fantasy well, it, next it's year. Not a fa- it's, again, it's it not a fantasy pick. It's not a fantasy pick. You're not taking him. Uh, that I listen, I say that also, but I said that last year too. So did I. I wasn't on him last year. I said it the year before as well. I said, cut him. I said, cut the son of a bitch in like week three, week four. Don't bother. He was a good. Do, do you think he was a good receiver for a while? Back in the day. Okay. I'm just making sure. Yeah. 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 Listen, back in the day, AJ Green, he was one of my favorites, right? 2012, 2013, that time frame there, like the dude was fierce. The dude was great. And then all of a sudden it was like that injury started to creep in. And and he played like a full season in 2015 and then 16, 17, 18. And the numbers just really, I mean, it wasn't there for what he was supposed to be doing. And then he misses all of 2019 too. Blah. Blah. Sorry, man. You know, it's just when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And I think uh, I think the, the time to move on from uh, from our good buddy AJ Green was long ago, far away. Gross, absolutely gross. What else happened today, Adam? Did you did you happen to watch any spring training? Did you see anything that you liked? Anything anything really stand out to you today, or were you just locked in on the NFL? Well, now some bad news with Zach Eflin dealing with a little bit of a back issue and scratched from his Friday start. So that sucks. Um, 
let's see. What else did I see? Well, oh, you Framber? got some good news on Framber Valdez. Yeah, and I didn't get him anywhere, so that sucked because he went really – I probably should have taken a shot. The problem is at that point there were a lot of talk that he could be out for the year, but mm-hmm. someone probably got him real late in tout now, throw him on the IR if he comes back. I mean, who knows because we still don't have a timetable, but definitely more optimistic than uh, what we thought originally. Um, looks like Ramon Laureano's side injury is not that serious, and he could be back next week, so that's a good sign, even though I don't think I've drafted him yet. I'm open to it. Sonny Gray played catch. Trevor Rosenthal was back on the mound, so that's good. He did allow a run and two hits and a walk with a strikeout, but I don't care. The fact that he's on the mound is uh, the most important part, and he was throwing between 95-97, so um, I don't care what the results are. As long as he comes out of it feeling fine and the groin's good, that's good. Um, Matt Olson hit his fourth home run. I got him in tout. Kelly Jansen, too. He's been great this spring. I didn't realize that. Um, throwing 92, um, which he's never been a hard thrower anyway. But uh, um, he's got uh, nine strikeouts against 16 hitters this spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, Kenley Jansen was a guy who I was, I've, I've been, I, I was off. I actually, I put him in as my, uh, my oh hell no. Uh, in the uh, in the bold predictions, and now, yeah, of course, because I say that, you know, of course, that's why Kenley Jansen's uh, tearing it up. Some bitch has a vendetta against me, but and the enigma that is Tyler Glass now seven Ks in four innings, but four runs, a homer, mm-hmm. a triple, and four singles. So he's got a five five nine ERA this spring, six runs in nine and two thirds, but seventeen strikeouts and five walks. So. I am a huge Tyler Glass now fan. I just have not gotten him yet. The price tag is very high. It's like third, fourth round um, with pitching. It. Well, again, that's more NFBC. So um, in the in the twelve team mock you have done, where does Glass now go? Like fifth, sixth round? Yeah, right about there. Okay. It could possibly even a little bit higher, depending on yeah, you know how much bit. pitching goes in the first two rounds. I think. I think my prediction was. I think I had him in there for first season of 200 Ks, which he can do even if he's not good. I mean, his K per nine is ridiculous. So if he throws, let's see, if he throws 150 innings, he'll get there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I'm trying to see. But his, his most innings he's ever had in the majors is 111 and two-thirds. And that was in 2018 when he wasn't good. That was between the Pirates and the Rays. I remember he wasn't good, but the Pirates came to the Rays was better. Um, so I'm going to need him to get 140, 150 innings for that prediction to, to pan out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had 91 strikeouts and 57 and a third last year. So on the pace of last year, if he would have went like 130 innings, he would have gotten 200. So maybe I don't need that much. No, I listen, I, I, I like glass. No, as like a, like a number two starter. It's fantasy. just frustrating though, because like, he had a 408 ERA last year. Yeah. You know, he allowed 11 homers and 57 and a third. Um, and then two years ago, 60 and two thirds innings, 1780 ERA. Well, see, you know, I mean, again, it's how much stock are you putting into last year's numbers? No, but I think this is the last now throughout his career where, well, at least the last, I'll look at his career with Tampa because. Uh, for some reason, and Garrett Cole was an all-star with Pittsburgh. Let's not act like Houston turned him around, but Houston took him to another level like they've yeah. done. And mm-hmm. then Glass now just they couldn't figure it out with him. Um, and now 
he's had he he looks like at times one of the best pitchers of baseball, but then there's other times where he gets hit, and you're like, wait, how? Like you got this great stuff. Like how are you getting hit like this? How you know why are you giving up home runs like this? Um, and even the walks. I mean, they looked like the walks were fine in 2019. They were up a little bit last year. It's just kind of you know what though. For all that stuff, I mean, his whip has been good the last two years. Again, we are dealing with a small amount of innings. We're dealing with 57 and third last year, 60 and two thirds the year before. Um, but even Last year, a 1.13 whip with it was the home runs that were the issue. So, I don't know who knows. Maybe the new baseball changes things. I mean, we don't know. There's just so many unanswered questions. But I do like Glass now. I probably will have to have him in at least one league. Yeah, I, I um, I, I definitely, I, mean, I won't shy away from him. I'm not going to overpay for him, but I definitely won't shy away. I'm trying to think of, of drafts that I've done already. Do I have any shares of him? I don't have him in FSGA. Yeah. Um, I don't own them in the uh, in the dynasty league, um, and I didn't get them in TGFBI so or Barf. So yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I could I could use I. You know what? I got AL Tout this weekend. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pay for them. And there, dude. How much does he go for an AL Tout? Uh, AL is thin on pitch on on everything overall. You did did you do AL labor? No, I did NL labor. Oh, dude, it's a complete – dude, you're going to be like – I know you've seen it. You've seen the board. It's completely different, man. AL is just so thin, and NL is stocked with talent. The AL is thin. I'm going to look now here at the AL. What do we call it on here? Do we say auction or salary cap on, on this show? On this show, we say it's an auction. Okay. So the AL auction labor draft, Glassnow went for 27. 27. That's – um. That's that's kind of steep, I think. Cole was forty, yeah. Giolito was thirty-five, and I think I think he was the third. Holy shit! Yeah, twenty-seven for him. Lynn was twenty-six. Barrios twenty-five. Grinky twenty-two. Those look to be the Ryu and Ryu twenty-two. Montas. Oh no, Montas was twelve. So yeah, man, it's crazy. He probably should not be that high, but when you look at the landscape of of the pitching, and actually Clay Link got him at 27, also paid 35 for Giolito. That's a lot, though. I mean, how much did Clay pay, pay, pay for pitching overall? 35 Giolito, 27 Glassnow, 13 Savali, 10 Rafael Montero, 8 on Fairbanks, 5 on Duffy, 4 on Jonathan Hernandez. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, Robbie Dobnek for two, Nick Bavetta for two. So what is that? Four, eight, 13, 21, 31, 44, uh, 71. Wow. Yeah, over 106. That's not terrible. 106. Yeah. He probably looked at it and said, man, it's thin in the AR. I want to get like two top arms. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'll probably take a look at the board for uh, for labor. See which teams I liked. See what kind of split they did there. Always interesting. I mean, oh, one God, one team. Well, one team. Their top pitcher was Kluber at sixteen. One team. Their top. Yeah, that's not going to happen for me. I'm not going to do that. That's that's going the the whole whole opposite direction. It's <laughs> tough though. There's there, the that's the problem in AL only is there's just not guys you really want to pay. Oh, I left out Maeda at twenty five. He was up there too. Damn, I love Maeda. I have him every year. I don't have him this year. Like he's going in the fourth round. And 
maybe it's justified. I don't know. It feels high. I mean, again, he was the AL face the central last year. I, I think he's really good. I've always been a big fan uh, with the Dodgers. So it's just crazy. But, you know, he is one of the top pitchers when you look at what the AL has. It doesn't feel right, though. Um. Yeah, I mean, again, it's. You know, hitting has always actually been a little bit more plentiful, obviously, in the NL, in the AL, because you have the uh, the DH, right? It's always been a little bit more plentiful, but yeah, pitching has always been. I mean, I've, even I've the hitting's been... down this year, though, in the AL too, with you know a lot of guys going to the NL. Yeah, I mean, Trout's forty-one. Who's second in the AL? Like, let me see. I'm trying to think now. Oh, that you got to, yeah. Because most of the first round is NL. Mm -hmm. Who are you missing? There's got to be someone that we're missing. I'm looking, scanning this board, and I'm not seeing anyone. No, I mean, listen, that's that's the funny thing is that you think about it. Springer's a third-round pick. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, bro. Holy crap. So you've got, yeah, you've got Trout. Then you've got Jose Ramirez. Okay, yeah, yeah. Ramirez is the obvious one I missed. Okay, he went for 39. Right, Bieber. Yeah, I mean, I was talking mostly bats, but you're right. Bieber, okay, 41. Yeah, all right, so Bieber, we're just 41. Thinking, if, Bieber, 41, Cole, 40. So, all right, we're just sticking with bats. Then, yeah, um, then, yeah uh, Bo Bichette. Uh, he TJ went. Jay Lemayhew. Those are those are like second That's round what I'm dudes. Saying, bro, it's crazy hey. how thin it is, man. I'm glad I'm not on that broadcast. <laughs> Bichette, thirty five. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah. brutal. That's I gonna mean, be what. What's even worse is it's gonna be at fucking seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday for me. Wait, it is. I thought it's it was ten a.m. on Saturday. Oh, oh, for you. Okay, I was like, wait, seven. That's right. Um. Yeah, I think yo, I'm confused. The mixed league draft. Because Zola sent out a tweet today saying it's 4 p.m. Eastern and the uh Sirius grid has it at three to eight. <laughs> yeah. We got a uh, we got an email today from uh from Sirius XM saying that they were uh, they were pushing it. The problem is is that you've got me, Colton and the Wolfman, all involved in the AL auction. And then all three of us are also with you on the broadcast for the mixed. So, so wait, what does it mean they're pushing? So they're, just, they're making they put it to four instead of three. Oh, so the broadcast starts at four. The broadcast starts at four because and it goes. They, I'm glad they, I was included in this email. Thanks, guys. Well, you know who to blame for that, my friend. You know who to blame for that. And so that wait, person is not me. So is it? So it's four to nine now. Correct. I guess. I mean. Maybe it's not terrible for me because I have three articles to write before that broadcast. <laughs> okay, see, there so, you go, there you I go, and then just the tell thing. your uh, your your little internet honeys that you're uh, you're going to be a little late to the live stream. Yeah. Okay. Good to know that now. How is it that you weren't on that on that email? That boggles my mind. Yeah, because Glenn Colton had said that you know it was going on. And you know, if if the draft went over, if the uh, if the auction ran over, then how are we going to do the broadcast as well? So right. I think they threw a little little buffer show. They probably got like Lenny and Andrea arguing on the air for an hour. 
<laughs> like they're not even gonna tell them. We're just gonna turn on your audio if you guys. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even just, tell them anything. Leave your codec on. Don't say. Don't do anything. We'll just we'll leave it you. on. We'll 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 contact you when we need you to come on. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lenny and Andrea unplugged. I would tune in for that show. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think that would be funny, actually. Dude, they are hysterical. I absolutely love those two. Absolutely love those two. Good peoples. Um, all right. Anything else that you uh that you saw today? Um, I think that was pretty much it. Uh, you can keep raving about Curtis Samuel if you want. Nah, I'm done. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, you know what? Sometimes these are a little short. Sometimes they're a little long. But, you know, I don't want to dive in. I'm still not ready to fully dive into the psyche of uh, of Adam Ronis and figure out where all that hate comes from, all that anger, all those issues. Um, so, yeah. So I'll tell you what. Uh, easy peasy. Well, well, we'll talk tomorrow. We'll talk uh, about a little fantasy baseball auction strategy, auction thoughts. Uh, as we head into uh, Tout Wars weekend. That's going to be uh, the next show. So if you've got yourself an auction coming up, you best be paying attention. He's Adam Ronis. I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>